to your weekly accountability podcast with me, Alexis McCluskey, where we are more about implementation over absorbing information. Every week, I'll be in your ear to give you a kick in the ass you need to show up and identify what is out of your comfort zone. Here, we don't throw pity parties. We are in it for the long game and find the balance between grace and discipline. What makes this podcast different is after each episode, I'll share a post on my Instagram at the tough love coach with a question or challenge of the week for you to comment for accountability. And on Friday, I'll share a check-in to see if you actually implemented what you learned because being inspired by a podcast is cute, but action is hotter. Totally optional, highly recommended. It's free accountability. I'm here to redefine what you see as tough love. So put on those big girl and boy panties and let's get real bitches. XOXO, your tough love coach. All righty. Hi. I want to make sure I pronounce your name right. Is it Annalise? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Annalisa. Annalisa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm excited to have you here today. Um, so before we like get into me asking you lots of questions and us diving in, I'd love for you to tell everybody like who you are, what you do, give them a little, little spiel of, of like who you are. Yeah. I'm 37 and I live in Norway in uh, Scandinavia. And uh, what I do is um, I do animal communications. So uh, <laughs> um, basically what I do is that I receive pictures. I also do some live with the owners uh, and I kind of just do a reading based on the picture because um, uh, without sounding crazy, I just can hear words, the pictures. Mm-hmm. And as I go and as I write, I see more of the whole picture and I can um get uh, i can see the context of it all and then i send it to the owners yeah i've i've heard of that before it's not it's not necessarily new for me i am like fascinated by it so i'm excited to learn more about yeah how long have you been doing that is that something that like you've been doing your whole life did it start at a certain point like tell us a little bit more kind of about the backstory of like how you got started yeah well i um i think i was really sensitive as a child uh, and I picked up a lot around around me about things that was going on um, in people's lives without them telling me. And so for a long time, I kind of I didn't understand that I it was actually information. I thought I I I did I just got very sad suddenly, or I got in a certain mood, or I reacted. And as uh, it was around when I was twenty, I met some people that helped me understand that it was more of a uh, intuitive. Uh, side that picked yeah. up on information yeah so I started uh, reading people <laughs> um, maybe when I was um, 20 and I started with animal communication around t- 2019 I think oh. 18 yeah yeah I love that that's really awesome um yeah so uh, for you, tell me like, like, what is your main concern with what you do? Like moving forward, getting to the next level, um, you know, growing, whatever it is. What do you, what do you feel like is your main focus, your main concern, you know, right now? Yeah, my main concern is that I get um, very easily overwhelmed uh, my days are quite open. And um, so when I start in the morning, I start to think about all the things I should do. <laughs> and um, it just ends up with me sitting in the sofa, staring into the air. Is that something that like you've like, it was real, real, real common for you your whole life? Or did that like start at a certain point? 
I I do think I've had this pattern of um, postponing things because I easily get overwhelmed or I flee <laughs> from from uh, different tasks yeah. uh, if I can and but I always manage to push it push through before and um, it just feels more like two last years it's kind of uh, escalated and gotten worse. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have like the same push. <laughs> yeah. So with the overwhelm, do you think, and I'm going to just keep asking a bunch of questions to kind of get some, get some clarity on, on what's going on, but with the overwhelm is the, is, does it feel like you're overwhelmed because you put a lot on your plate and you want to do all the things and you're trying to do everything and it's just a lot or does it feel overwhelming because you feel behind like you haven't caught up and there's like you're not necessarily adding new things you just like don't know what to do and that's overwhelming you I don't know if you know you feel like there's a there's one or the other uh I I I think um I think I sometimes what's the word mm, expect more from myself than I'm able to because the funny thing is that internet is full of uh, processes and people talking about pushing through and how to get through things and um, I also noticed because um, I went through a lot I, I lost my father two years ago and that was a re really tough situation um, because it was a lot of practical things and some family stuff going on and um, I understood that when um, when personal things uh, happens that uh, the same energy levels aren't there yeah and I'm yeah and it's hard sometimes to to accept that what I might use to be able to do before isn't necessarily what I'm able to do uh, when there's a lot of more mental uh, exhausting things going on <laughs> yeah I um, do you so, consider yourself yeah. a perfectionist? Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like your worth is like tied to your productivity? Like if you don't have a productive day, then you feel like you, you know, aren't good enough or you didn't accomplish anything. Uh, yeah. But the paradox is that it's really funny. Sometimes I've kid, I, I, uh, when I postpone things and don't do things because I'm scared that it takes too much time or too much energy and suddenly I've used seven hours maybe on on uh, being scared yeah and that time could it's it's such a paradox actually yeah. <laughs> really really normal uh, yeah yeah it's it's really normal I think that because I do work with a lot of people who struggle with either procrastination or overwhelm or working a lot or per, like, like all the things, um, we, ha it's like, we have the devil and the angel on our shoulder. And there's like the part of us that knows what we want and what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. And we have the drive and we have the vision, but then there's the other side of us that has the fears and the limiting beliefs and the habits that aren't helping. And it's like constantly a paradox. It's constantly like back and forth and, and trying to figure out like how to show up as the best version of yourself. But what I find is that when people are trying to show up as the best version of themselves, get the things done that they want to get done, accomplish their goals, they're trying to go at whatever's holding them back 
in a way where it's not uh, sustainable or it's not beneficial. Like, for example, you know, and I talk about procrastination a lot, but like with procrastination, I usually say there's six reasons that people procrastinate, main, main ones being like fear of failure, fear of success, all or nothing thinking. There's some other ones, but um, a lot of people will just try to, instead of focusing on why they're pro- procrastinating, they'll just like get a better planner or try to be more organized with their schedule. And it's just, that's why it ends up being a paradox because they're stuck in this cycle. So I think the goal is to figure out like what's causing you to be in the cycle and then you can navigate that from there. Um, so with, like you mentioned, like, you know, postponing things and whatnot, um, like give me an example of maybe something that like you've procrastinated on or postponed or like put off that you want to be doing, but you're not doing yeah, it's um, it's a reading. <laughs> well, it's actually five readings that I've said yes to, and uh, gosh, the time has gone and it hasn't been done. <laughs> and um, it's important because it's um, people waiting for a reading. Yeah. So, what do you think is the reason yeah. why you haven't done it? Like, if you just think, like, when you go to do them, if I told you when we get off this call to go do the readings what what will come up for you what what thought pattern like what's going on in your head oh scared suddenly scared of what like tell me like what's coming to mind when you think about you get off this call go do the readings what are you scared yeah and it, this is also a bit um since I'm working with something that's not near me and I only work with a photo and uh, I don't have any information reg- uh, except the age of the animal and the name um I know I can do it because I've done it before and I do it, but I just get scared that I will say some something that's uh, completely wrong uh, or that I write six pages with information that doesn't, uh, that isn't correct. <laughs> um, even though that hasn't happened. Um, but for some reason, every time now I just got it, um, it kind of has escalated. So I get, I, uh, I'm just scared that I will say, okay, if I'm going to go to extreme end, I'm going to say, I'm really scared to say something or that I miss something that will have like a, uh, I don't know the English word, a detrimental, detrimental. Yeah. Is yeah, that that makes sense. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It just means like harmful, essentially like to yeah. whatever. So I think I take uh, way too more, too much uh, responsibility then then that is actually my and that could probably I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's a theme also when if when and if you coach people that it's only one hour and of course sometimes you could probably fix a lot in one hour but it's not like one hour will solve every life's problems even though yeah yeah definitely definitely (laughs) not but I do have like this idea that I need to figure out everything and solve everything. And then it kind of just boop, 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 stacks up and I freak out and boom, there I sit. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you're putting a lot of responsibility on yourself for sure. Um, yeah. so some things with this I want to talk about, but I'm curious, just like plain and simple, do you, how do I word this? Like, do you trust that you like have, like your what you do Like, do you trust what you do? Do you trust that you can, and not even necessarily help people, but do you trust in your superpower essentially? Like, or do you have like any doubt in yourself? 
do you mean my superpower regarding um, doing yeah. the readings? Yeah, like your ability to communicate, your ability to be hypersensitive and and receive those downloads and receive that information. Like, do you trust and believe in in yourself one hundred percent? In a intellectual level, I do because I I I do have results and I've I know I can do it. Uh, and for some reason, I I don't choose to to stay there. I um. I also go to the other place, which is where I doubt myself because sometimes I can, I can get a lot of inputs. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of things going on, yeah. and then I, I'm not sure if, if if I'm right. So, uh, it's a bit, mm, it's a bit draining to not just decide that uh, I can trust myself. Yeah. Is there anything that you've experienced, whether it be through social media, friends, family, that like make you doubt yourself or have made you doubt yourself in the past? Well, I don't have any. Ex um, I think sometimes I've I've trusted myself in my decisions, and it ended up uh, going um, a bit wrong, or didn't. I, I thought it. I had like an understanding that it would work out, but it didn't. So. Uh, yeah I'm not very specific right now okay. what, was, what was your question again I'm just like wondering because I've like I said I've seen um people that do what you do before like I've seen it on TikTok um and I notice of course like with anything with people who are psychic clairvoyant anything like that there's always going to be doubters right and so yeah. I've seen you know things on social media where people like you know in the comment section and they don't believe it so I didn't know if you either saw things yourself um, or had yeah. experiences yourself where people told you what you do like isn't real or that you're wrong like not even necessarily wrong information because there's obviously a little bit of self-doubt not necessarily like you don't believe what you can do but the it's like you can be confident in yourself but if people consistently do things to kind of knock down your confidence even if you're like I do believe in myself it can still get to you because you're a human being and so I didn't know yeah. if you outwardly saw anything that made you have any doubt or um had any experiences that could kind of cause you to you know question things at all um I think um all through my life I kind of done things a bit differently like I stopped drinking very young and and I think it, like in my country which is very small and uh, you, you kind of have to defend people are not that always that open-minded and uh, that you kind of have to defend your different choices or if you do a little bit different than everybody else does and uh, so I think maybe that uh I've I felt I've always had to like hide some parts of me, even though that's a decision I do. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has forced me to do that, but I've decided to kind of hide. So I think that maybe over years of always almost defending what I do uh, or choices I've made and a little bit hiding that maybe it adds up. Do you think there's a, a reason why? Is it just because of like, you know, where you grew up and and that kind of was just you know, how society was for you? Um, or was there any, again, like experiences like specifically with that? It's okay if you don't have any specifics. I'm just curious. Yeah. Mm, well, there are some specifics, but that's more about lifestyle choices that I kind of always have to defend it 
when I stopped drinking or don't didn't eat meat or uh, or did some other strange studies that people my age didn't do uh, and I just over time decided to not defend or talk about it because I couldn't be bothered to yeah explain <laughs> why yeah. do I have to explain <laughs> yeah and you shouldn't have to no yeah um, I just think it's important if you, you know, have any of those experiences, um, I do this with like, you know, any limiting beliefs or fears and asking like, whose voice is that? Or what experience is that? Because we don't just wake up one day and start to get overwhelmed and not show up for the things that we're doing in our business out of the, out of thin air, right? There are experiences that we have that cause us, yep. whether it's self-doubt, whether, whatever it is it's going to make us self-sabotage in some way, which it sounds like that that's kind of what's going on. Again, it also sounds like you're taking a lot of responsibility for needing to solve everyone's like problems that you're doing readings for. And I share this with people who come to work with me that are coaches. And one of the mistakes that new coaches make, and I think that you can apply this to what you're doing as well, but, um, and you, not that you don't ever see, you know, a coach that's a little bit more seasoned doing this, but I think that the newer entrepreneurs think that like new coaches or that seasoned coaches, uh, are just solving everyone's problems and they get on one call for 60 minutes. And like the person is whole and healed. That couldn't be farther from the truth. One call with mm. me is definitely going to help someone but it's not going to fix all their problems. It's just going to open a door. And so it's new coaches that will come to me. And, and I speak from experience because I did this as well. I think all new coaches do. But when we start and you're offering a service to someone in some way, we think that in order for them to see us as valuable, in order for them to take us seriously, in order for us to like make our business thrive and get great testimonials, we need to solve everyone's problems in the shortest amount of time. And that can actually do more harm than good because it's too overwhelming for people to try to do too much or get too much information. And so I think with what you're doing, I think that taking some of the responsibility off of yourself. And I would also ask like, where does that come from? Like, where does that need for I have to put all of this on my shoulders and put a lot of responsibility on me, in, you know, in order to um, show up and do what I do. But if you remove some of that responsibility and not that you're not doing your job, but you can have some kind of disclaimer that says like, you know, I'm going to share the information that comes up for me. Um, you know, uh, whatever I say is, but, you know, is getting some kind of like legal jargon essentially for you to protect yourself and just your mindset by having some kind of disclaimer. Um, and then being able to put these things out because once you, I don't know how many readings you've done or like done in, in this kind of fashion, but the more you do, the more you're going to gain clarity and the more you're going to figure out like, you know, what works best. Um, but what does it feel like if I say like to take less responsibility off of yourself again, not, not doing your job, but like to not put so much pressure on yourself to like, say something perfect because what you do is not cut and dry. You know what I mean? Mm. You're communicating in a totally different way, but what does it feel like to like, if you think about the idea of taking some of the responsibility off of yourself so you can show up, get the information that's downloaded, share it with people and then be done with it. Does that feel like you're not doing your job or like what comes up for you? 
No, it's, I feel this is a very classic thing. It's in in I in a, in one level, I'm aware of it that it's not my responsibility responsibility to figure out everything in <laughs> in one hour. Um, but but for some reason, when I tell myself that, I'm not able to shake it off. Um, and it's so classical that, like, when you say it to me, it's it kind of like, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah like it, it makes sense. And it's for some reason, it's so strange that I need or people sometimes need other people to say something they actually know, because then it's okay when someone else does yeah, it. <laughs> totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, so yeah, it's um, it, it's fine to hear it and it's uh, soothing to hear it. So it's good. Yeah. The thing about it is, is like, and that's, that's normal. Like we all are way better at taking other people's advice than we are at taking our own advice and we can know it deep down. Um, but the, what I like to kind of dive into is like what, what you just said. So you said like, I, you know, you say it and it like, you know, makes sense. But when I say it to myself, I can't shake it. So I want to figure out why. So when you think about, um, like I actually, what would be a good way to, do you consider yourself like a people pleaser or have you been that way your whole life? Uh, yeah. So, um, do you know, like when that started? Um, cause essentially people pleasing is like, a, uh, it's a way to keep ourselves safe. If we people please, if we make sure everyone else is taken care of, then we will be safe. They will like us. So do you like know when you started people pleasing? Was that like something you remember starting to do? Um. Yeah, well, um, regarding the people pleasing thing, I've been doing a lot of people pleasing things. And also I had a couple of years where I worked a lot with boundaries and I had a couple of years ago where I kind of just put boundaries around <laughs> regarding everything because I was so fed up with this people pleasing thing. Yeah. But as I slowly go back into being around people again, I, I fall into the same habit. Um, but yeah, I think, I, well, I grew up with, um, I grew up with two parents who uh, struggled and with uh, both physical pain and some mental issues. And so I think it's, uh, well, I don't think I, probably know that for me it was to give them some uh, relief or to try to make a positive moment in a day mm. and really good at kind of reading the room and the mood environment and yeah mm. so I'm quite sure it's from from there yeah I mean that, that would definitely make sense it's so common <laughs> when we are as children we are in an environment where we are responsible for adults like moods and emotions. Yeah. We learn to walk on eggshells and make sure that like, because we, we feel, we end up feeling like we are kind of the caretakers because they're not emotionally regulating. And so the only way for us to feel emotionally regulated is to emotionally regulate everyone else. <laughs> because if we don't, then we're going to feel even more of what they do. But if we try to fix and we try to help and we try to make better, I call it like being the sister parent or this, uh, the sister yeah, it was like sister moms where like your mom or your dad or isn't is less of a parent and more of like more of a friend or a sibling. And that's kind of what the relationship is like. And it shouldn't really be that way. Not that you can't be friends with your parents, but that's not really the responsibility. There needs to be that mother, daughter, father, daughter, you know, whatever dynamic. Um, so when you think about um, 
like that experience? Have you done anything out? Cause like, there's a difference, at least in my opinion, when we work through anything, um, well, something like, you know, perfectionism, whatever, but people pleasing, for example, where when we try to work through it, we will work through it in a place of just trying to kind of like positive affirmation and like Instagram quote our way out of people pleasing. We'll see somebody talk about like, don't people please anymore. It's not good for you. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to not people please. And then just like try to do better versus Mm. like taking a step back and asking like, what part of me is trying to people please? What do they need? What do, what do they need for me? Because it's a younger version of us. It's our inner child. It's that part of us that is just trying to stay safe. So with people pleasing, um, what have you done to like, you know, navigate that? Not that there's anything right or wrong. There's just different ways that you can kind of go about it. But Listen more to uh, what I actually want, what feels right for me. So I don't make decisions based on uh, to see that someone is pleased or happy. So I'm better at saying uh, no, because I also I also do believe that in in the bigger picture, that when you don't please and you kind of listen to yourself, it will unfold in the best way. So yes, isn't necessarily um, the road to everything being the best possible way. That no can lead to a better outcome. Um, and I think I'm, I'm also better at noticing when um, I think sometimes before I said things or agreed to make other people happy. So I also tried to notice that it's okay to say something. And if someone reacts, that that's not, uh, they they can react or disagree and I survive. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I like to describe two separate ways to work through things. There's reflective action and active action. So what you're talking about is the active action. So it's all good. None none of it's bad. Um, The active action is where we're like, what are our current patterns and habits? What are the way we handle situations? What are the way we can communicate with people? And we want those habits and patterns to be different because if they're different, we will be different. We'll respond different. But I think it's important, just as important, if not more important to do the more reflective action because that is working at the root of why the people pleasing is so hard to let go of why it's hard to let go of like putting so much responsibility on yourself. Um, so that reflective work and there's, there's so many different things you can do, but like through like journaling, meditating, inner child work, like conversations essentially with that part of you, that younger version of you, that is the one that started the people pleasing in order to stay safe. And so thinking about like having a conversation, again, there's so many ways you can do this, but having a conversation with that version of yourself. And if you just asked her like, what does she need? And when you think about that, like in people pleasing or like putting a lot of responsibility on yourself, when you think about when you do that and trying to put it yourself kind of in that space, what what do you think that part of you needs when they're people pleasing? Like, what are they trying? What are they afraid of if they don't people please? They don't take response, take all the responsibility. Probably, if I go like to the nitty gritty stuff, it's probably that uh, someone 
if I stretch it a bit far, I would say that someone would, uh, I'm afraid that someone would suffer uh, because of me. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. And so let's say they did suffer just for a second, sitting in like worst case scenario, then what happened? Yeah. What are you afraid is going to happen if they suffer because of you? I think I'm a little bit afraid to get blamed. And then what happens? If yeah. you, what happens if you <laughs> get blamed? What are you, what are you, can, and you can think of it from a place of like how you're going to feel, like what's going to happen to you. Um, well, it, it creates a pit in my stomach if I, if I think, if someone actually says that you are the reason that I suffer. Because uh, I think I'm a little bit uh, afraid to actually believe it. Yeah. And it can be scary to, to feel, to feel that way. But we have to remember that, like you said, like we know your logical self knows you already told yourself, you said, it's nice to hear it from me, but that no, no one's responsible for anybody else. Right. Like even coaches, helping people, therapists, helping people, we're, we're responsible for doing our jobs, but at the end of the day, people are responsible for what they do in their um, reactions and responses. And if, as long as our, the intentions in our heart are good and we're doing our best to show up in the way that we know we can, that's all we can ever help. And we can hyperfixate on the responsibility and what if they, what if I get blamed and what if somebody suffers and all of that one, probably not likely that it's going to happen again. If you were just like, ah, I don't care, whatever. And you were just like putting no effort in, but we know that you're not going to do that. Right. Where you know that you're so overwhelmed by showing up 110% that like, it's almost impossible for you to be that way. You know what I mean? You're going to put too much effort into it anyway. And so it's again, that part of you that is just so scared of if I don't essentially people, please, if I don't have all this responsibility, if I don't take care of somebody else's emotions and how they feel in their experience, they're going to have a bad time. I'm going to feel bad and it's going to be a mess, but we want to let that part of, you know, that you see and hear them, you understand their fears, you're not trying to change them, but you, that, that you can help them understand that they can trust that like you guys can trust each other essentially, and that you can show up and do your job, but take some of that responsibility off. So what I would do like moving forward is like, let's say you go to do the readings and don't even think about five, just think about maybe doing one. You're still probably going to have those feelings come up when they come up instead of trying to push them away or get frustrated that like you feel that way. And you, oh, I just need to do these readings. I just need to get them done. Why do I feel this way? Why am I getting in my own way? Why am I self-sabotaging? Why am I procrastinating? Why am I postponing? Take a second to just like breathe check in with that part of you. And again, ask them in the moment, like have an actual conversation with them. What do you need? And they might tell you that they want to feel safe. They want to feel in control. They want to feel this, this, and this, and then see if you can give that to them. If it's safety, maybe you, and whatever makes you feel like calm and safe. If that's like doing um, a meditation, just taking a few deep breaths, going for a walk, like there's a million and 10 things you could do, but offer that space that what they're looking for, that safety, because if you get blamed, if you, if someone suffers, that means you're not safe. Right. And so if you can yeah. offer them that safety, they kind of put their guard down because your mm -hmm. highest self, your, you, the higher version of you, the, your logical self knows that, like you said, you don't have to take on that responsibility, 
But the reason why it's hard to let that go and to shake that off is because that part of you is holding on. So when you give them the time and attention they need, take a few deep breaths, whatever you need to make them feel calm, they kind of are like, all right, I feel better. I trust you. And then you can show up and try to do, you know, the readings. And that's where you do it anyway, even maybe with a little bit of fear, but that's when you're the habits and the patterns, you're now doing, doing it a little bit differently because you worked on where the, you know, those fears are coming from and where they're coming up in, in your body, in your mind. And then you say, okay, I'm just going to do one reading. And then you go and do it again because action breeds confidence, not the other way around. You're not going to like build your confidence and then you take action. It's the action while you're scared, imperfectly figuring it out. That's going to help you realize that you can help people, that you can show up, which you already know, but that, that part of you is the one that's kind of coming in and causing a ruckus essentially. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. And I know it's obviously all of this is always easier said than done, but that's why it's practice. It's never like we have this conversation <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like fixed. It's like, you got to go do this work and practice it. Um, that will make it so you're kind of getting, you know, closer to where you want to go. And another thing too, I meant to say is like, especially when you're using um, your other senses, we have our normal five senses, but I think what is it? Five senses, six senses? Yeah. Six senses. Clairvoyance is a sense and everyone has it. Some people uh, have it, you know, more innately and more strong. Um, when you're using that sense, uh, but there are fears and there are other things you could be blocking yourself energetically. And so as you navigate this, that's going to help you use that sense and show up energetically in a better way. And you'll probably have more clarity when you do these readings. Um, but I think that that it's just it's just showing up in a way that reminds you, your younger self, all these parts of you that that they can trust you and you're going to be able to show up and do those do those things that you want to do. So now that we kind of talked about like the um more of the I guess energetic or mindset related things of this. Last little thing I want to talk about is just like the actual action of it. Uh of mm like, you know, postponing or procrastinating on it. Do you have any, um, system or structure when you do these readings? Like, or do you just say, I got to do the reading. I'm going to go do it. Like, do you have a, do you set things up? Do you have a plan? Do you have a time of day that you do them? Or are they just kind of like sitting in the to-do list and like waiting to be done? <laughs> sitting in the to-do list and, um, waiting. To, well, I do, I do. I went, when I first get into the zone, when I sit down with my laptop so I can see the picture on the screen and I start, it usually, it just, it just gets momentum and it gets going. And then I'm in the zone and I, I write. So luckily because of taking action before, even though I've been scared, I know how it feels when I get into it. So I sometimes can get, remind myself and say, well, I do know that I always, when it, when I first start, I, I start and it comes and it completes. Um, but I don't. But I don't have any time or specific habit or routine or ritual around it. Yeah. So that's what I would do. Um, and there's no right 
kind of ritual to have, but I would think about that, you know, once we get off the call and you, you don't have to do it right away, you can do it, you know, whenever you want. But I would think about like, what does a, a ritual look like for you to set yourself up for success? And anybody can do this in any situation. If you're just trying to like be more productive at work, like I will sit down, I have like my, make sure I have my water. I put my phone in the other room. I put, will put like either music on or like like brown noise in the background on YouTube. So it like makes me focus. And I have like a whole system. And then I sit down and I do work because I have ADHD and it's hard for me. I can't just like go from one task to the next, which is what a lot of people do. It's just like task switching. There's no centering. There's no settling. There's no um, bringing yourself into the present moment, which all the stuff we talked about is going to help, but to help even more having like a, maybe, maybe you have like a space where you do this. Maybe you light some sage maybe you take a few deep breaths maybe you say a mantra something that like you do each time because it's it's there's so much research behind the like smells sights sounds things where when we do them consistently our mind and our nervous system remember they they know that like okay it's like it's it's pavlov's dog the bell rings, the dog salivates. We can do that for ourselves within this space. And so I think if you create some kind of small ritual, and it doesn't have to be like 45 minutes, it can be five minutes, 10 minutes. And you do that. The first few times, it's not going to be this like, I did this ritual and now it's magic and everything's easy. But like you do that ritual two times, five times, 10 times, a hundred times, it's going to get you in the groove and it'll help probably help things download, gain more clarity. Um, when there's all this noise, it's hard, especially if you're using a sixth sense like that to get the kind of information that you need. So I would create some kind of ritual with yourself and you deserve to have something like that. You know what I mean? I think that will be, and that's also something that you could share on social media as well. I think people seeing that, you know, you, you do that and seeing like what your process is, I think would be beneficial. And you can make that look however you want, light a candle, drink your favorite drink listen to your favorite stuff, whatever it is, but I would have some kind of ritual to kind of help with that process. And I think that'll also maybe help a little bit with the overwhelm and don't do all five readings at once. Just start with one, your brain and your <laughs> mind probably wants to do all five. But if you haven't been the trying to do all five is probably what's stopping you from doing all of them. So just I, all I want you to do, whether you do it today, tomorrow, or at some point in the next seven days, just think about doing one. And then the next time you think about the yep. other one, and then who knows, you might get in a groove so much you bang all five out, which would be fine, but don't aim for five, aim for one. Okay. Yep. Aim for one. Yeah. I know it's like so Good. simple, but simple is usually not what we're doing. And I very much like, I consider my job is like reminding people to do the simple. And sometimes we just need that permission slip from somebody else to be like, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Do you have any other questions, concerns, things? And we could like talk about this stuff all day long, but any other questions? Um, maybe a quick one regarding, cause if, yeah, if you'd seen what was hanging behind me, it's my, um, my, uh, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to solve how to, um, um, Matt, okay, maybe this is a big question, but do you have any tips on, I don't want a planner, but I do want a plan for the next day. Mm -hmm. And then my perfection brain switches on and then I decide how my whole week should like consistently look like. Mm -hmm. And then at the first day I'm freaked out about what I've said I would do. And then the whole week collapses. <laughs> like shit, I did it again. So I'm trying to 
to take maybe like one habit at a time. And I, I think it's a bit annoying because I, I want to trust myself that I will do what feels right in a moment and follow my intuition. But when it comes, when it all comes to, when suddenly the day comes, um, I don't follow up on what I felt was right. And then I was like, oh shit, maybe I should go back to having just routines so I know what I should do so I can kind of, I, I can't find that balance. I don't know if you, um, if I was clear, it's a bit hard to express myself in English sometimes, no, but um, you kind of. Yeah. So are you kind of saying you're trying to figure out if you need like more structure with your like schedule and things versus like just a to-do list or am I not? Um, um, I'm trying to figure out how to go from day to day whether I should, because I'm, tr I try to structure my days with having something set at like this morning, I'll do this. And on midday, I'll do this. And at the evening, I'll do this. Uh, and at the same time, that doesn't work. So then I go to the other side where, okay, I can trust my intuition that I do what feels right. And then um, I'm not able to do that as well. So yeah, I get what you're saying. So conflict. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that's fine. And I think that I, that's super common because I work, whoops, I work with a lot of people who have ADHD and we hate feeling like too much, too much structure, too caged in. And then, so we're, we try to like, just go with the flow, but it's never either, or it's always. And I tell this to my clients yeah. all the time. We think we either have to have all this structure and an exact schedule and we follow it this way. And it's like this every day, Monday through Sunday, or we just flow and we be intuitive. You can have both. There doesn't have to be a choice. It's how do you find that middle ground? So I would like for, yeah. for and there's, there's a lot of different ways to do this, but one of the ways that I do this is I don't have like a schedule. I used to have a schedule. Like I, 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 for my, for the most part, like I wake up, I do my morning stuff feed the dogs. I have my morning routine. Then I learn French, work out, eat breakfast, start calls. But after like once work starts, it's kind of free flowing. Like today I have call this, this call here. I have a call right after this. Um, and then I have like a little bit of time to work. And then I have a Q and a call with my monthly grouping clients. And then I got to run some errands. And so I, what I do instead of saying, okay, at this time and this time, I'm going to do this. Obviously I have my calls. Those are always in the schedule, but in between everything, I have like three to five tasks that I call my income producing activities, my money making moves that I know are always going to move my, the needle forward in my business. And so I just know that between 11 and four, most days I need to get those done. Okay. Whenever I get them done, yeah. doesn't matter. I like to have a time that I'm going to be finished working that way. That's still some structure because I know I don't want to have my laptop open past four o'clock. Some days it happens that way because it's just, it, it, it is, is what it is. But so I'll have my daily tasks that are pretty much the same every day, like clearing out my inbox, following up with people, checking in with clients, but then I'll have maybe only one or two like side off things where it's like, I'm only doing that today. I'm only, you know, just a project, whatever. And so as long as I have my three to five daily tasks and my one to two project or like one-off tasks, 
That's how I do it. And I do it between 11 and four and every day it looks a little bit different, but that structure works for me. That doesn't have to be how you do it, but I would figure out something where you sit down and you say, what do I like about structure? What makes me feel good? And what do I like? That's more intuitive. And how do I mix those two together? That's going to take some time and it takes some trial and error. And, 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 you know, I'm going to try it for one week and try it different the next week, but just test that out and see what you like. Um, but, but just remind yourself, you get to do both. Because a lot of structure probably doesn't work for you because you are an intuitive. You're not going to want to like be super structured regardless, but being too intuitive and winging it is going to end up causing you more stress and overwhelm. So find that middle ground, I think will be your best bet. Yep. Just be patient with figuring it out. You know, you can try what I do, but you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. So cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thank, thank you. you so much for being open and vulnerable. Can you share with everybody like where to find you, like give your like social media or whatever. So people can, I'll put like the you know information in the, in the show notes, but if you want to share. Uh, yeah, well, I, I am, I am, I do have a Instagram where it's one picture <laughs> and it's the tele- <laughs> telepathy underscore with uh, underscore animals. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have you hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And I will see everybody later. Peace out, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the XOXO, your tough love coach podcast. I appreciate you more than you know. If you loved hanging with me, I'd love for you to share the podcast to your social media or send it to a friend who might need a tough love pep talk. Also, if you need accountability and a community that gets you, I'd love to have you a part of my tough love collective. This is a year open membership to vibe with me, get bi-weekly group calls to get support and ask questions, as well as free access to everything I offer throughout the year, including masterclasses and events. Visit my website at alexisrm.com or DM me on Instagram at the tough love coach to learn more. See you next week.